Hi everyone, good to have you with us. You've tuned in to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast, and I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima Magen. Today's episode is actually an interview I've recently given at another podcast, Natalie Adams's excellent Gem Chat, a Japanese equity market-focused audio source, which occasionally delves into specific market sectors, in this case, real estate. We've chatted about commercial property transactions in Tokyo, general economic trends, the past couple of years in Japan's property investment market, the influence and market share of foreign buyers here, and reiterated some of our predictions for the next few years as well. Hope you enjoy this chat. This is Natalie Adams's Gem Chat Podcast. Gem Chat, Gem Chat, Gem Chat. Today, my guest is Ziv Magan, partner and executive manager of Nippon Tradings International, based in Fukuoka, Japan. NTI is a proxy and buyer's agency representing investors interested in purchasing real estate in Japan. From the initial needs identification and property search and refinement through negotiation, ownership transfer, and payment, and onwards to renovation, rent management, and portfolio management. Ziv, perhaps we can start with stats from last year. I noticed that despite the macro economy now showing signs of life, the commercial real estate transaction volume was down 33% in the second half of last year. What are the circumstances of this decline? Well, the 33%, which refers to the Tokyo area generally, um, is more, more an aspect of the global economy that's also reflected there. I mean, the global economy has done quite well this year, which means that property prices, generally speaking, have been trending upwards, and that then leads to compressed rental yields. Now, since trends are always slower to rise in comparison with property prices, just because it takes longer for GDP growth to trickle down to household salaries, the result is, and this isn't just in Japan, but all established markets, is that there are just less and less attractive deals to be had. So anyone that's getting even smallish, reasonably attractive returns on whatever assets they're holding just tend to continue and hold on to them. So there's plenty of demand, but people just aren't selling. And if you add to that the fact that Tokyo is still considered one of the safest and more stable places for investors to park their money, um, just makes people even more reluctant to part with those assets. So Tokyo Commercials is where most investors are most comfortable with, and there just aren't enough deals out there. So commercial prices in Tokyo remain high, but why is the rent declining? Well, the general theme is that the economy doesn't seem to be in super growth mode. So the last few years with the um, abenomics euphoria led to a fair bit of overdevelopment and oversupply in the office space. Um, rents haven't been helped by the shared workplace and office space movement again either. And there's less demand for a traditional office and more demand for low-cost, flexible office spaces. And low growth, minimal inflation also means salaries haven't gone up. So consumption tax did rise, though, and it's scheduled to go up again next year. So rent can't be increased in the residential sector either. And on the retail front, um, internet shopping, e-commerce have pushed down prime location retail rents as well. Malls, shopping centers, they're all not doing too well for the same reason people just buy online. And also... Prices still remain high, but they're not getting much higher. We've now reached a point um, just over the last four years where they're almost as high as they were at the last peak in the early 90s, just before the bubble burst, and then we entered over two decades of deflation. And that, that level is a big psychological barrier. So if rents can sustain it, um, anyone's guess, but many people believe it won't go up much higher. Um, 
probably won't go down significantly before the 2020 Olympics, but probably not going to rise much higher. Right. And granted, averages aren't really helpful in uh, real estate, but uh, to help listeners who don't really have um, knowledge of Japan, uh, what's the average yield for a, uh, what's a a likely yield for a commercial property in Tokyo? Well, it depends on location and the type of property, of course. Sure. Um, if we take the lowest, traditionally safest class, say grade A assets in the heart of Tokyo or the heart of Osaka, we're usually talking about 2 to 3% net, which is still way above Japanese government bond deals, for example, which are trading pretty much close to zero at this point. So right. institutional investors who've been investing in bonds are more than comfortable with it. Um, there are other commercial asset classes like retail, hospitality, senior assisted living, and warehouses, other logistics. These can do better, but they obviously come with their own caveats and risk levels. So same goes for other less central locations out of Tokyo as well. And just what are the foreign investor influences on this market? Uh, well, 2017, foreign corporations and funds spent a total of 1.1 trillion yen. So that's approximately 9.7 billion US. That's three times as much as the year before that. So overall, almost a quarter of all transactions involved foreign corporate buyers, probably about a quarter of them by foreigners. Um, Interest in Japan is rising. There's more confidence compared to, say, a decade or so ago, but it's still a fraction of what it is in other big international markets like the USA or Australia. What have been the major um, effects of the of the yield compression? You said briefly that uh, other alternative assets are interesting. Maybe you can um, expand on that a little. Um, yes. So, dependent type of investors and their risk appetite. Some people have moved to alternative assets. So, again, logistics, warehouses. Um, We've got e-commerce and online shopping, which is now moving towards same-day delivery. So good facilities in the um, in and around major cities are in very high demand. A bit too high. There's just not that much land to go. Um, some developers are even taken to buying uh, contaminated land, relatively cheap, then cleaning it up, um, which is not a simple process, but that enables them to then build logistics and storage facilities on it. Um, shared offices is another semi-alternative uh, asset class that's been been very popular. They're getting bigger. Um, student housing again, and people just move out of Tokyo to more regional cities. And what are the regional areas that are are seeing the biggest growth at the moment? Well, it started off with Osaka, um, although things there are getting almost as bad as in Tokyo price-wise. Um, otherwise, these days, hotspots are Nagoya, um, Fukuoka, Kobe. They've all been doing quite well. Um, actually, overall, they count the original um, locations count for more than Tokyo now, which, considering their combined size population-wise, is quite a lot. And so what's happening in the on the residential side? Um, residential rent in prime areas um, has increased, but only very slightly and only in the hearts of the bigger cities. Um, in Tokyo, it's forecast to drop a little bit. Um, and this is mainly commercial. So since people always need a place to live, residential is, is usually considered a safer place to, um, to be if the economy isn't going to be growing much. 
as just because businesses can close down, they can create more vacancies. So because people seem to be um, coming to terms with the fact that Japan's going to stay a low growth, low inflation environment, uh, at least for the time being, residential is considered the preferred asset class. So more and more investors are directing more of their funds towards the residential, uh, specifically the condo market. And is there a trend for, um, I mean, in the UK, they call it buy to let or the sort of residential um, rental market for, for individuals? Well, private investors or individuals do tend to focus more on yields and more opportunistic purchases, mm. um, as opposed to institutional investors who, again, are more happy even with relatively lower yields, and they focus on safe, centrally located prime assets. So individuals tend to go for condos again particularly the older and smaller apartments and, ch- and shops on the cheaper end of the scale where yields are higher um, even if growth potential is less likely so a lot of them are buying either smaller um, three or four floors uh, residential multi-purpose buildings maybe a few shops at the street level or even individual apartments or shops in co-owned complexes where they can pick and choose more of the deals and spread them out over a few geographic, socioeconomic locations as well. So the key takeaways here are is that Tokyo is too hot, regional markets are providing better yields, or turn, alternative assets might be interesting, and condos over commercial are more predictable. Would that be a fair assessment of what happened last year? That does seem to be where winds are blowing, yes. And also bear in mind, some of these alternative asset classes um, aren't really that alternative anymore. I mean, again, shared office space, for example, is definitely a thing. It's not going away. Um, same goes for senior-assisted living, Japan being one of the world's fastest aging, or maybe the fastest aging society on any significant scale. You know, people like to throw around the statistic that by 2050, there's going to be more um, adult diapers sold here than baby diapers. Yes, it's very and popular that, theme. That really places, that's right. And that really places a huge emphasis on what the residential landscape here is going to look like. Um, so definitely senior assisted living as well, definitely not an alternative asset. And just moving forward, what does 2018 look like to you? Probably very regional. Um, Tokyo isn't likely to be too exciting for most people. Other cities will continue to attract more attention, I think. Um, The only exception is probably as we get closer to the 2020 Olympics, hospitality and hotels are going to keep being a big thing for a lot of investors. There are a lot of people coming here more and more every year. And they're different from your typical um, corporate or jet setter traveler type, more middle class budget travelers, and they go for cheaper accommodations. So it's more a case of two and three star hotels as opposed to four or five stars or fancy resorts. Um, A lot of holiday stays of various sorts. Um, Hospitality, I'd say in and around Tokyo, isn't a bad place to be positioned right now. And for all different asset classes, probably more regional. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for speaking with me today. And uh, I hope to check back with you in uh, the second half and see where things stand. Okay, that's it from us for today. Hope you've enjoyed this episode and the interview. You can find the link to the GemChat podcast audio page in this week's show notes. Do feel free to subscribe to, share, and comment on both podcasts if you found this content interesting. And we hope to see you with us next time on NTI's Japan Property Investment Podcast. And until then, happy investing.